And if you're going to be a bear, I feel like it's the Charmin one who complains about the ripples in the toilet paper. <laughs> I don't think you're a bear in Steven Bear. <laughs> I mean, I am a connoisseur of toilet paper. I know. You like the flavor ripples. <laughs> don't, no. Don't, don't. <laughs> flavor ripples? What are they, Lay's chips? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything else we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Blossom. Blossom went 114 episodes over five seasons on NBC. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing July 5th, 1990. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the boys, Nick, Ferg, Gordo, and Joe. What's going on, guys? Not a sitcom. I have the body of a (laughs) 13-year-old. Wait, wasn't this episode not Pilot? Because Pilot was later. Ferg watched the wrong episode. This is going to be an interesting one. (laughs) Good thing I I went out of my way multiple times to tell you guys which episode to watch. I watched the episode on the drive, but you said the pilot wasn't used as the pilot. That was the pilot. It's called Pilot. Okay. So you're good. All right, good. All right, so we I guess the right I'll just, one. <laughs> I'll explain it real quick, actually, then, for those of you, you know, listening. So Blossom had a pilot episode that was aired just as a tester pilot, and then later on, season one came out. So episode one, season one, episode one is called Blossom Blossoms, and that was the actual First episode of the first season. But pilot came out first. We always go by first televised episode. Since this was a televised pilot, it counts. So that's what we're covering. So good. I was getting nervous, Ferg, but uh, we're good. So would this be like episode zero, zero? Like it's technically, yeah, it's like season. It's not one, from a season, zero. right? Because season yeah, one would be. Yeah, it's like considered episode zero. Yeah, I guess in syndication it would be episode zero. But yeah, if you're wondering if you watch the right one, it would be that TV show for 13-year-olds that makes a fucking Steve Winwood in traffic joke. <laughs> Who glorious. is that joke for? For me! No, no, us now as adults, sure. But like, okay, someone's Spongebob or something where they make a joke for the parents. You get that because you know the parents are watching the show with their kids. Parents aren't watching this with their kids. They said someday a guy named Ferg's going to watch this and he's going to appreciate my Steve Winwood joke. Like this is definitely um, a show that was meant for the family to all be able to enjoy. <laughs> okay, you don't think you don't think this was made for like like the main focus of the show is a teenage girl. I think if I watched this with show. my mom and some of the content they go after, I would have left the room. I don't mean like it's intended necessarily that you like a show you want to watch with your parents, but it's a, a show that you or your parents could enjoy. I suppose. I guess yeah. I'm not me or my parents because I didn't really enjoy this. No, I actually enjoyed watching this a lot. This is one of those ones where my notes just say fuck a bunch because things keep happening. Where I'm just like, fuck, what's happening? So Blossom was a show. I mean, it ran when we were pretty young, but I remember it. I remember it being a very big show. And I, I remember seeing a good amount of episodes in its day, but I don't have a lot of like sticking memories as to storylines. But what about you guys? I expected to remember it more, but I essentially went into this completely blind. Like, the intro didn't ring a bell. Um, The 
she barely rings a bell to me at the I thought I had seen this show, but uh, as I progressed, it became more apparent that uh, I don't think I have seen this show. Is it one thing that threw me off when I watched this? Because I have a lot of memories. I watched the show a bunch when it was new. Was in five years, a person can change so much at that age. So when six first goes on screen, I was like, who's this little girl? Like, who's this baby child who walked onto the screen? I was like, oh, that's that girl just like pre-puberty or whatever. She like is a tiny little kid. Yeah, and even, like, if you look, because there was about a year gap before episode one comes out, you can see they already aged quite a bit just in that small gap. Yeah, like, from the age of, like, 10 to 15 or 16, that's a lot of changes every year for a person. I don't think this is a sitcom, so I never watched it. Based on not knowing the definition of a sitcom, or? No, I I never watched this show, uh outside of you guys mentioning it which i didn't think it was a sitcom i've never seen it why right i didn't answer the question why don't you think <laughs> it's, it's not a sitcom? we asked you you asked so, you why yeah, you think you, it's not a sitcom there was a little bit of a know. situation and then there was a little bit of comedy you know we put them together that's a sitcom man studio you audience not have awareness of the show and to clue back to everyone listening this is um an unofficial gordo pick because gordo lost a pick in a bet so we're using this show because he had talked about this in the past. Blossom came up in a past episode. I don't remember which one. And Gordo made it very evident that he had never heard of the show. Assumed that it was for oh, he girls. Said, he said he didn't watch it. Yeah, It was for girls. It was for girls. Yeah. <laughs> I never watched this. And then we I, all came back and said, well, we all watched it, Gordo. I don't think you're correct. I, You know what? We all came back and said uh, we all watched it. I apparently didn't. <laughs> yeah, see, so you guys are lying, that. just like you guys lied about me watching Top Gun. So clearly, you guys have never seen Blossom. I will say this, and Whoa. we'll get into some examples as Ooh. we get along through the episode, and then anything we don't touch on, I'll talk about at the end. A lot of things did change between uh, pilot episode and the season actually starting. So you so could say it actually on. blossomed? The show blossomed, yes. <laughs> yeah, different parents, different situation different like jobs uh joey lawrence's name changes like there's a lot of difference from the pilot to when it gets to joey lawrence was in this that was the brother did the younger did you watch man i watched this episode so joey Joey lawrence Lawrence? you know now in 1990 was younger (laughs) so it's not his younger brother he was just physically a younger human being he's the one who's upstairs who was joey lawrence on this show Oh, oh, my brother, brother who's doing that thing again. The brother that Joey was necking. Lawrence. Do I know who Joey Lawrence is? I don't, I don't think, think he do. do. No. <laughs> I really he was know. he was in Top Gun. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. The TV show who, Melissa and Joey from Friends. You know, older brother Matthew no, Lawrence. It's a different Joey. Uh, I can vouch for this one personally. Lots of people are named Joe. That's not <laughs> just the same character. We'll also say this: Joey on Friends was a character. Whose real name was Matt. <laughs> so you're gonna break Gordo. Yeah, but in this, Joey is a real person whose character is not Joey Who the until fuck later. Is this guy? I've never seen this dude before in my life. You, you might know, know him from Lawrence his Brothers. Mingogna Jr. is an American actor, musician, singer, songwriter. Do not read his whole Easter. Wikipedia out loud. We all know who he is. We don't need you to tell us. The Lawrence Brothers were like the acting Hanson. Yeah. I have good never heard of this guy before in my life, and it's I impossible. thought it was Matt LeBlanc from 
Right. He was such a big star in the 90s, like through our entire childhood. No, he wasn't, clearly. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was. He no, had a hit okay. song. I mean, I would argue his brother's more successful, you know, star of Superhuman Samurai, Matthew Lawrence. That would be an, it would certainly be an argument. I think Matthew Joey Lawrence ended up on, um, he was the one on Boy Meets World, too. He's also yes. in Mrs. Doubtfire. He is on Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know. I've so never he heard automatically of this guy. wins. His goddamn kids, too. Are you guys Never familiar with guy. the song? There's nothing my love can't fix for you, baby. No. Oh, ho, ho. No. That's sung by Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> that was sung See, by Joey Lawrence. <laughs> this is what happens when you spend the age we were in this part of the 90s sleeping 17 hours a day. <laughs> you just miss <laughs> everything. Uh, usually I'm the one with no cultural touch points for things. I can't believe you don't know who Joey Lawrence is. No. Like, I would gather that most people don't. No, they do. Oh, you are so incorrect on yeah. this one. I if, guarantee if, you. Gordo, if, if if there's anything I remember from Blossom, it's Joey Lawrence's whoa. It's yeah, the Ferg most and I have been going, whoa, this whole whoa. episode so far. He was like it on was his the cover of Tiger huge. Beat and everything. Like, yeah, he was like a teen heartthrob. No. Yes. I, I, Try Googling the Lawrence brothers. See if that. No, I just Googled it. I just read his Wikipedia. I have I looked at multiple pictures of him. I have no idea, no recollection. I think you guys are just fucking with me. Uh, he's got 175,000 followers on Twitter. Oh, cool. How many do you have, Gordo? I don't know. <laughs> like 300. Well, I guess it's a pivot real quick. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, go to S1E1Pod or go to S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can find all the links. Everywhere you can listen to us and follow us. Although at this point... You were probably very frustrated listening to this episode so far. I wanted to wring Gordo's neck. Um, now we can kiss Joey Lawrence following us goodbye. Thanks, Gordo. No, Joey Lawrence will understand that four out of the five is good enough. Maybe I just grew up in a in a different time. Was I? Am I a time traveler? In a different universe? Yeah. No, you am lived within half a mile of all of us. We could throw a tennis ball from Ferg's house to your house when we were kids. <laughs> you grew up exactly where we all grew up. He's just I, too busy playing the Animaniacs game. <laughs> Get outside of his house. Well, in any event, this is, I think this we is should... hours of Booger Man have just broken you. <laughs> and you don't remember anything else. We should probably get into the episode itself at this point. So to start off, the intro of the show is it's just like music playing and it's a it's video of Blossom doing like her video diary. And I think this was just kind of I, I think I don't remember. This could just be like a pilot only intro. I think I might have changed. But it's basically her doing a video diary through the view of her, like, viewfinder on a camcorder. And, like, you know, the camera tips and everything like that. And you hear this song. It's, I don't know. How would you describe the theme song? It's like, it's Dr. John. It's like it's bluesy. poppy blues. And I don't know if you had read this. or When the pilot originally aired the first time, my prerogative by Bobby Brown was the Is that song. why it's sprinkled in throughout the episode yes. randomly that, and then that at was the end? The, was right, I was song. so confused. So in it was syndication, stuck in my head the whole day. Me they too. changed <laughs> it. Yeah. So they eventually fixed the intro and we see it now with the intro that we've known from like, you know, season one on. And that's why, yeah, they use that song as like cutaways and for the outro. Because when it happens later in the episode, I'm like, is that my prerogative? On like on the most unfitting show to play my prerogative on. Yeah, do what I want to do. That's a great song, though. It is. They should have stuck with it. 
I don't think it fits here. <laughs> I think they made a good I don't call. think it fits here, but it is a good song. I think Gordo would have remembered Blossom if it had My Prerogative as the theme song. Gordo, do you remember Bobby Brown's My Prerogative? Yes. Okay, we got one. Do you remember Britney Spears' My Prerogative? Did did she do yes. it? I don't think she did. She did. Well, know, moving right along. Um, it's not good. Has anybody but Jay heard that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like released originally. as a single. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Blossom, played by Mayan Bialik, um, she kind of has been on like a resurgence these last, the last decade, I guess now, but came back with the Big Bang Theory. Now she has her own show, like Call Me Cat, host Jeopardy. I mean, she was like huge in her day as Blossom because the show became so big and kind of disappeared for 20 some odd years. And now all of a sudden she's back. Yeah, she like left to be like a parent and do science. And then one day was like, uh, I could just do TV again. Yeah, she got like a doctorate in like neuroscience or something like that. When she popped up on Big Bang Theory, I didn't even realize it was her until we talked about it later on this show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I didn't. She's just so different. Like, you know, people Not age. Not really. <laughs> I mean. Well, it's funny because now we're watching in reverse, right? Now we're so familiar with how she looks nowadays. To watch her as a kid, here we're watching the first episode of Blossom. I just see her like adult self in kid form. Like, you know, yeah. it's because you're, you're coming at it a different way. Yeah. But the show itself starts with this uh, exterior shot of the house, which is a very nice house from the outside. And we get back to that shot of her doing her video diary. It's her first ever video diary she's doing. Right off the bat, as she starts recording it, she does it as if it's a like a VHS tape that you're playing that, you know, that you purchase. So she screams FBI warning, FBI warning. And then does her own movie preview of, of, of any movie, I guess, that has Gene Hackman or Michael Caine in it. I thought this whole thing was actually kind of funny. I, I did like too, that. yeah. Although a video diary is very inefficient. Like you write in a diary, it's, you know, it takes up a page. I mean, she's vlogging tapes. <laughs> way before. Yeah, nowadays, this is like, super she's popular. She's ahead of the curve. Yeah. If she was uh, like a modern day 13-year-old girl... She'd be putting these out on YouTube, and it would be like her vlog that she just posts every day. You know, this kind of reminded me of a thing that's like a long gone relic of the past too. Remember video dating? Like we weren't young enough, old enough oh, to do yeah. it, but like that was like a big thing. You you created a video, like a VHS tape, and they would send people out tapes with like twenty five people on them. Yeah, and you'd write here's down your their box number. of tapes, and now yeah, you have to just so sit there at home and watch them. There's so many like you could find them now on like YouTube and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot I of mean, them are the uh, Comcast dating videos that they used to put on Comcast. Oh, I remember. Oh, I used I to watch those, those all the time. Like, as wait, like we group. definitely saw somebody. Oh, I know. I Somebody I know was on one once, and I like lost my goddamn mind. Yeah, I remember somebody I used to it, work like, with. We would watch these like as a group for fun because yeah. uh, they could be very cringy. Yeah, it started out for a while. We used to play like roulette with like music videos when the on demand came up. And then after that, we just decided we would just spend hours watching people's dating profiles on Comcast. And to be honest with you, that is like, that is a time in my life where I'm like, man, if you could go back, everything was so fun and innocent, <laughs> making fun of video profiles with everyone. So uh, she also gets into the fact that this tape will be rated G, but that might change soon because she recently found out a boy by the name of William Zimmerman might be interested in her. And she describes him as a slightly better looking George Clooney. And then, uh. <laughs> Doesn't she say slightly better looking Mel Gibson? Yeah, it was, was it Mel, Mel Gibson? Gibson. It was Mel oh, Gibson. Oh, okay. Yeah, that you know tracked funny? for me because I was like, Mayim Bialik, very religious and very Jewish. Mel Gibson, 
probably not a fan of Mayhem by Alec. I was like, that <laughs> that name doesn't age well. Like, she should have picked somebody else. Oh, yeah. I don't, it's funny that I wrote the... I was like, who is handsome at the time? My brain didn't even, like, just filter to somebody else. This is 1990, so this would have been George Clooney still on Roseanne. Yeah. Which we've covered, if you want to go back and listen. And boy, was he dreamy in 1990. Yeah. And Joe, the line you started the episode with comes up right here, because he's talking about, like, and why he, wouldn't he like me? It's like, I'm smart, funny, and have the body of a 13-year-old. But, like, he isn't this kid like a thirteen year old like so that shouldn't be that weird. The only time you're allowed to be attracted to the body of a thirteen year old is when you're also a thirteen year old. Like you guys should be at even level playing field here. True. It would they be don't... weird if it was a show of a like with a modern person and like a, a modern person. What am I saying? An adult. If she was thirty eight and she said, "And I have the body of a thirteen year old," then it's like a joke that works. Here, it's like, yeah, you should have a thirteen year old's body. Although I will say, I think the funniest line in all of the the entirety of the movie True Lies is when Arnold Schwarzenegger is driving with Bill Pullman and he's explaining that Jamie Lee Curtis has an ass like a 10-year-old boy. And then Arnold punches <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> uh, laugh at that all the time. I love that movie. That movie is fucking amazing. Yeah, that's, that is... Terrorism ruined our chances of getting a sequel, and I hate that. It did, yeah. I mean, terrorism ruins a lot of things. No, no, terrorism is bad across the board. But modern terrorism, James Cameron was like, I can't make a movie about funny terrorism. It was like, but you did in 1993 and we all loved it. Just do it again. Rather than that than <laughs> fucking Avatar. Well, well so, okay, so to get along with this, uh, she starts um, <laughs> she starts rambling on and she acknowledges that a lot of the things she's saying doesn't make any sense. But she's like, but what does make sense? The state bird of Utah is the seagull. Which is funny because if you actually – if you were to Google state bird of Utah, it's it's ca- technically the California gull because there's different types of gulls that we just call them all seagulls. So I think had she said that, it would have actually been even weirder to note that the state bird of Utah is the California gull. Does that mean that gulls just really love salt because it's the great salt lake there and they certainly will go after you for a French Maybe that's fry. why they went a little more inland, yeah. Yeah. She also makes a Ted Koppel joke, which I guess – I. It's well, it's super dated now, but even then, like, is that the most topical way to go about it? Is that like the pop culture reference you want to pull from? I mean, he was like elder statesman. He'd probably been hosting Nightline at that point for like 20 years, and he hosted it through the 2000s. So, is it the kind of joke a 13 year old would make, though? No, yeah, and also his hair was like, like a 13 year old at like any point. I'm he like, just had like news guy hair, though, not like specific news guy hair. You know what's funny with her, too, is. You know what she kind of reminded me of? Her in this was very, like, akin to Macaulay Culkin in, like, Home Alone. Like, she's a kid, but her way of communicating at times could be a little ahead of her age. It was adults writing kids. Like, yeah. Another, one of those cases. Yeah, big time. Big time. Big time. <laughs> but uh, all this video diary kind of gets wrapped up when she's talking and she hears her parents arguing from downstairs. So she kind of like wraps it up and like heads over to the top of the steps to listen. And like kind of just in time for the part of the argument where the mom's telling the dad that they don't have any time to discuss their sex life. Am I the only one when they were arguing that expected to hear the dad slap the wife? Yes. When they first cut it, she's like, when she, and she says like, um, uh, hearing your parents fight is something no kids want to do. I'm going to go do it. And then the dad starts like, it was this tone. It was like one of those old like commercials on like for spousal abuse on the uh, TV when we were growing up. 
I'm sorry, I, I spilled the some next water. Thing to just be like, get him, get him, get him, get him. <laughs> no, I don't think they were going to go that route. Um, but yeah, that's when the mom starts saying that she can't discuss their sex life by herself, even though she's been having it that way. And it was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, I that's expect- what I'm saying. Two minutes into this, there's a mom masturbates because the dad won't fuck her joke. I was like, this is kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Again, not a sitcom. This is a sitcom. That has nothing to do with it not it's being a sitcom. It's a rated show. It's still a sitcom. It just means it's not a kid's thing. You don't need to be rated PG to be a sitcom. Again, you don't know what a sitcom is, is the problem here. Very interesting, considering we're over 100 episodes deep into a show about sitcoms. So, Gordo, <laughs> was Married with Children a sitcom? Yes. They make adult jokes in that. And there's kids. Lots this of is a jokes. child's show. It's a child's show, yeah. That's the thing. It's It's not a kid's show. This was aired on primetime NBC. The main character is a kid, but this isn't like a Nickelodeon or Disney show. Maybe that's what's confusing. No, you don't think adults were watching this? No, I don't think adults are watching Blossom. I really don't. This wasn't (laughs) aired at a time slot for kids. Yeah, I I just We watched TJF as kids, but like not everybody's parents watched wanted to watch Family Matters, you know what I mean? Yes, they did. Everybody wanted to watch Family Matters. It's like the Urkel. best. All right. Ur- Urkel notwithstanding. <laughs> Family Matters is the wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's just because the main character is a child that it's throwing me off that this is not a sitcom based for children. Yeah. Which but is weird. Audience doesn't, doesn't matter stop being a sitcom. for it being a sitcom or not. It's nothing to do with it. It's still we a sitcom. We can't keep trying to go over the definition of a sitcom. We just can't do that. But in any event, this whole conversation is kind of centered around the idea that they don't have time for each other anymore and that they're both spending too much time working. And the conversation kind of ends in a way where it's like, well, what are we even in this relationship for at all? Blossom gets nervous and she runs up, you know, the last couple stairs again and goes over to her brother's room and she's knocking on the door, calling for her brother Donnie. Now, note, I said Donnie, not Joey, because episode one, he's Donnie. (laughs) After this episode, he's Joey for the remainder of the series. But this one episode alone, much like the Kessler-Kramer thing, he is Donnie. Donnie Berger? How about this? If if you say Joey, you lose a show. This is going to be tricky, though, because his real name is Joey. So if we talk about him as a human and not a character, you'd be all right to say Joey. So we'd have to debate context, but we could roll that way. It's not like the Kramer thing. That's completely different. When the actor's name is actually Joey, that's impossible. Maybe you guys are just afraid to lose a show. No, because I'm honestly going to call him the brother this entire episode we're doing. So it won't affect me. I was actually kind of wondering that. So the character's name is Donnie. And I was the creator of the show's name is Don. So I wonder if that's why that was his name originally. Maybe he named the character after himself. Maybe he struggled with the name Donnie. Like, people kept like, going, he just got missing cues. So they went the whole uh, Tony uh, way of doing it. That's a possibility, too, yeah. Or they were just like, we want to name after a new kid on the block, but not that one. And then they just settled <laughs> on the other one. Also, while she's waiting for him to open the door, she says to herself, what a dork. And then says, if dorks had a Navy, he'd be an admiral. It's like, all right. <laughs> Maybe she was so talking she- about L. Ron Hubbard. She's going to go with these weird little quirky jokes at all times. It just didn't pertain to anything. It was a joke. It was very out of nowhere. Of <laughs> it, was, it was for the sake of having a joke and it didn't land, you know? Yeah. But eventually Donnie opens up the door, but he's like, hey, I'm busy doing homework. 
but she notices like that there's lipstick on him, so she just makes her way inside. And there we see that he's doing homework with a girl named Kimberly. Kimberly, played by Kelly Packard, who you might know from Baywatch, or... Tiffany from California Dreams. Yes. Serve dudes with attitude. You're kind of grooving. I already hate the soundboard. <laughs> I, I hate it. I, um, I hate that show so much. That show is so bad. You guys are all going to lose a pick, and your pick is going to be the format show changing, and we're just going to watch all like 75 episodes of California Dreams. No, because I will never put one of my sh- my picks up. So. Okay, so we lose Ferg's winning streak because we make him. I don't think there was a spinoff of California Dreams. I don't think we have any other options for that. Stop calling it Ferg's winning streak. It's not a winning streak. There's nothing <laughs> to win or lose. It's been acknowledged. Yeah. It's been officially acknowledged on recording. If you're new to our show, I should note that Ferg incorrectly thinks that what we do is a game <laughs> and intentionally picks shows that he thinks will all pass, which is not the objective of our show. <laughs> so as she heads out, she asks Donnie, Kimberly, that is, if he still needs help with his homework. And he's like, no, nah, just go ahead. You can just do it for me. And she agrees and takes off. <laughs> he's like, oh, she's smarter than me. So whatever. Straight C's. <laughs> so now that they're alone, Blossom tells Donnie that she thinks their parents might split up. And he's like, great. Two sets of Christmas presents. And oh, I always looked at it. Um, I mean, that wasn't, I don't know. When my parents split up, I feel like they almost co-Christmased. Uh, I don't think I got double, but she's like, no, this is serious. And she's like, they were fighting about sex. And he goes, too much? If I ever heard my That's parents. a fucking weird thing to say. Yeah. Like, this conversation so weird. is weird in general. Why have this yeah. conversation at all? Even though that she heard them talk about that, I would do everything in my power to omit that from my brain. And when he heard it, that's where his brain went. Like, oh, man, my parents are boning too much. Way to go, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Plow Mom. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, unnecessary. It's, yeah, it's weird and awkward. Which, and he compares it to, like, all-you-can-eat salad bars. Even if yeah. you go back 10 times, they can't say no. It's like, oh, you're still talking about your mom. <laughs> yeah. I was I... like, oh, you're talking about salad. <laughs> it's weird, though, because if this wasn't a movie, it would be some shitty character being like, it's like an all-you-can-eat pussy buffet, right? Like, that's the thing they would say. I've never heard somebody say, it's like an all-you-can-eat pussy salad bar. <laughs> the salad bar specifically, like, oh, because her pussy's got a sneeze guard. Like, what are you talking about? This is so weird. <laughs> It's because the writer, who we've discussed, was writing for children and apparently has never met one. <laughs> so he was like, oh, and he had to like, scratch it out of his notebook and go, salad bar works, I guess. Salad bar. He can't write for children, but apparently he can't write for adults either, because who would say salad bar? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Sense. I feel like salad bars were pretty popular at the time. Now, if you guys had to equate a vegetable to sex, what vegetable would you equate to sex? What does that mean? The eggplant. Like I mean, I, I exactly. guess due to emoji, yeah. But I never you mean like the act of sex, the sexual organ. Do you? I just like, leave that up to your interpretation. Do you mean like I looked at a vegetable and it made me think of sex? Yes. What about a pumpkin? Because some of them look like butts. <laughs> See, Ferg is winning again. I would love for him again. to win this conversation and not participate. <laughs> Ferg has won yet again. Yeah, guys, well, congratulations, Ferg. Ferg. Lost. Um, That's one he won champ. So Tawny thinks maybe her dad has someone that he's seeing on the side. 
And Blossom's like, well, who do you think that is? And he reminds her of this guy they know named Ted who ran off with his secretary. Blossom asks Donnie if he's ever seen their dad's secretary, Mrs. Young. And he's like, no, but she sounds like she's 114 years old. And it immediately cuts to her already at her dad's office. And you see Blossom asking for Mrs. Young. And when she turns around, you see that she is, in fact, a very attractive blonde woman. Like, typical 90s hot. Yeah, she's Blonde a, was really just the default attractive girl in the 90s. Early 90s, it was like, in late 80s, I felt like every like conventional thought of attractive girl was big blonde hair. The yeah. big blonde hair, high heels. I don't know. The second tool time girl was a brunette. Heidi? Wasn't she yeah. a redhead? No. No, brunette. No, Heidi was a brunette. And Pamela Anderson no. was the first one. She, she was also blonde and then was Kelly Packard's Pamela- co-star on Baywatch. Are you guys having fever dreams? She was a redhead. I don't know if you're joking anymore. Uh, yeah, I, he's being weird right now because, no, she was not a redhead, Gordo. Are you you're sure? wrong. And if you'd like to bet a show on it, I will. No. Kid's never going to have a show again. If he <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn haircut, she was Tim. a redhead. Yeah, Am we I established like- that, but she's not. Am I like having that Berenstein Bears moment? here like i don't know what you the mandela effect i don't know what you're nope. talking about no because the mandela between... effect is a widespread thing when this is just you <laughs> it's exactly the point yeah and if you're gonna be a bear i feel like it's the Charmin one who complains about the ripples in the toilet paper <laughs> i don't think you're a bear and steve bear. <laughs> i mean i am a connoisseur of toilet paper i know you like the flavor ripples <laughs> don't, no don't, don't. <laughs> Flavor ripples? What are they, Lay's chips? <laughs> They're ridged for your pleasure. <laughs> so Blossom tells her that she sounds a lot older and uglier over the phone and tells her that she happened to be in the area, so she was just going to pay her dad a visit. They get to chatting for a little while, and they're waiting for the father to get off a call before Blossom can go in. Blossom to make small talks like, so how's Mr. Young? And we find out that she's divorced. And she's like, oh, what a surprise. Also finds out that she likes older men. And when she asks Blossom, what kind of guys do you like? She's like, single, unmarried, childless, guys without wives. She's like, oh, I like those kinds of guys too. She's like, oh, you do? It's like, even if she didn't, she's not going to tell you, oh, I'm actually into married guys. I was a little confused here because she says like, oh, it gets to that point where a man gets to be 40 and well, you know, I couldn't tell if that was like a good thing or a bad thing. I felt she like says she was, likes older guys. On. Yeah, but I think it was like maybe he gets to a certain age and he's like midlife crisis. He's trying to find something new. Yeah. What does that mean? What I just said. I I thought it was <laughs> the, the, the dinghy. Goes but they down. have a lower sex drive. I thought it meant they get to a level of success because, you know, they've lived life. So that's where you strike. I don't know. Well, I, I know plenty, I know plenty of people know. who are almost 40 who have not struck success in their lives. I, I can think say, of a few of them at, in this moment. Hey, man, almost 40 is not 40. Right? That's true. We My have time, time will come. Basically, in a few years when we're all 40, you know. So as she heads in, the Mrs. Young goes, oh, he's all yours. She's like, and let's keep it that way. <laughs> heads in. The audience was laughing. I don't know if he caught it, but there was one guy who went, ooh. You know what pissed no. me off? It's like, she's his employee, so this little shit's coming in and insulting you. You can't even say anything back because you'll get fucking yeah. fired. It's like, fuck you, Blossom. 
She is a little yeah. chubby in the moment. Also, Jay, you, you mentioned here that somebody goes, ooh, there's another very funny crowd reaction scene coming up in a few minutes that made me, like, spit my drink out. I was laughing so hard. Nice. Make sure to bring it up. Um, <laughs> as she heads in, the dad asks, is something wrong? And she says, I'm having Kirk Cameron's baby. <laughs> He's like, good choice. I think that's the best response. I mean, to be fair. What are you going to, yeah, what are you going to say, I guess? Um, I, you know what's weird is when this came up, it made me think that I don't know anybody by the name of Kirk. I don't think I've ever met anyone by the name of Kirk, like, in my life. Now that you mention it, I don't think I have either. Uh, like, Kirk. it doesn't flag me as a weird name, but I don't think I've ever met a Kirk. What about your famous captain friend? There's Captain Kirk. There's a... Well, that's his... Last name, isn't it? Well, there's Kirk yeah, Hammett. From James Metallica. Tiberius Kirk. <clears throat> I was going to say Kirk Hammett. But have you ever met a Kirk, like, out in the wild? Not in the wild, spoke to I one? think. I feel like Kirk got replaced by Kurt. I don't think it was replaced. I think they're just similar. Yeah, no, all the Kurt's killed off the Kirks. Actually, <laughs> I do know somebody named Kirk. Through the internet only, but I have talked to a Kirk. Okay. Was it Kirk Cameron? It was not Kirk Cameron. He was trying to convert me to Catholicism or whatever. And I was just like, sorry, Kirk, I got to go. I'm meeting with Bible man later. He's more fun than you. <laughs> so Blossom tells her dad the reason she popped over was she just felt that with her parents being so busy all the time, she wanted to help out more around the house. He's like, oh, well, I guess that this is going to mean an increase in your allowance. And she's like, well, I didn't come here for money. And he's like, well, how's an extra $15 a month? She's like, deal. And uh, a couple of things I noted in their interaction, I really like that his nickname for her is Ace. And also that they have like a father-daughter handshake was pretty cool. Like, I just, I don't know. Something like, about that I really liked. I like that his name for her makes it sound like he was at a bar and he forgot what her name is. Like, hey, good to see you. <laughs> Ace. Ace, it's, right? Yeah. It's or if she was like weird. a fighter pilot or something. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, like, maybe his favorite movie was Top Gun. And he named just... her after the main protagonist. <laughs> Now There's all no I want is Maverick. colliding of Gordo on Jeopardy, hosted by May and Bialik. It's like, this fighter jet movie, Gordo <laughs> just bombs completely. What is Blossom? <laughs> <laughs> what is Blossom? No, it, it's weird, their relationship, though, because he he treats her like a son. And normally that would be if, say, she was the only child and he wanted a boy. But he had two, or, or she was the first born and he wanted a boy. But I'm he has two that, other sons. But I don't think he's treating her like a son, necessarily. He's not doing know, anything whole, like that. The whole they ace have, thing and the secret handshake, that's dude They just stuff. have a good relationship, I think, no, that's what it boils stuff. down to. As he heads out, because he has a meeting to go to, he tells her, you know, you can hang out in the office all you want. You know, play around with my files, do whatever, sit in my chair, that's fine. He's like, oh, uh, anything before I leave? It's like, no, I'm good. He shuts the door, and then she goes, oh, yeah, one more thing. Are you and mom getting a divorce? Which he says, obviously, when he's out of the room. And they, like, kind of let it breathe for a second. So it was, like, it had, like, a like a sad tone to it because he's, like, this child yeah. concerned about it. It would have been funny if he heard it through the intercom at the secretary's desk. He's like, no! <laughs> it's a very big um, topic for a pilot episode, like, the idea of the parents getting divorced. I felt like it was a little heavy. Yeah. 90s, man. 90s is, like, the... Di- the- Divorce uh, decade. Yeah, I just for a show like this, and we'll get into something later, which I'm sure you all know what I'm going to bring up down the road with the brother. But just a lot of really heavy issues for a lighthearted sitcom. And I just thought the idea of her worrying about her parents getting divorced is a 
not a weird episode for a show like this, but a weird episode one to introduce you to this family. Odd pilot plot. I think that it's weird to do that and wrap it up in one episode because something like that would be like a multi-episode story arc. I feel like if they waited and brought it up down the road, this is also there's other stuff in this episode, too, that they're like, oh, here, do you want another curveball? Here you go. First episode adult TV show that comes up pretty soon as well. Yeah. So the next scene blossoms in the kitchen making lunch with her best friend, Six, who's talking about an argument she was having with this girl, Lorraine, who said she looked like a bowl of elbows and kept <laughs> talking, <laughs> kept calling her sex instead of six. The bowl of elbows thing, for some reason, just made me think of on The Office when Andy was doing Mad Libs. <laughs> just like a, a bowl of elbows seems like something that he would have said in that. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a weird path does, to take on that yeah. joke. Yeah. What does that even mean? It's a just bowl kids, of elbows. Kids being insulting and it doesn't have to mean anything. Some Everything way. Six says doesn't make sense, though. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be happy if someone called you that, but also it. What does that mean? But like, True. also not the worst part of your body to be called a bowl of. I, well, the worst part comes in a bag, not a bowl. True. So, what about if it was a bowl of butt cheeks? Nope. So, Blossom very ironically <laughs> notes that Six has Wait, a just weird the name. So, I thought it was weird that Blossom calls Six out for having a weird name, having the name Blossom. Yeah, both Blossom odd is names. pretty though. Like the name, it's like you think of a flower, or like it's feminine. Right. No one's named after the number six. Right, but to say it's a weird name, knowing that the odds of her ever meeting another person named Blossom, like that's, it might be a prettier name, but it's still weird. It's one of the Powerpuff Girls. Oh, how could I have forgotten? <laughs> <laughs> the reasoning for Six's name is pretty interesting itself, too, though. Yes, that being that her dad said that's how many beers it took. Again. All right. What? Yeah. Children's show. From what I read, that's another thing that they changed down the road. Like in a later episode, I guess they she's like the sixth child or something. They change it. Well, we don't know that. No, but yes, it's an interesting. There's a lot of dirty jokes in this. A lot of dirty jokes, yeah. The show is just the tone is so strange. They like they try to be that nineties edgy but still have like the family sitcom like vibe. It's I don't want to say it's off putting, but it's 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 weird. I don't think they found their tone yet. They're working on it and they haven't yeah. found it. Yeah, it makes sense to me that it would make sense to me if like they didn't even put this one in syndication. If they were like, This was to get the show going and then like we won't even put it in the package to syndicate. We talked about that with Coach. They ended up flipping the episodes because the first episode of Coach was so like the first intended episode, not the first one they aired, was like, what is this? this Yeah, the pilot just makes Coach look like a very unlikable character. Like you would not want to watch another episode of it. Which doesn't happen here. Like Blossom's obviously a very likable character. Um, Just they're just kind of getting their footing still. I think every character in this is pretty likable. Yeah. Six goes on to talk more shit about that girl Lorraine. And then Blossom cuts her off to defend her. And she's like, well, I heard she does like a lot of volunteer charity work. And Six says, well, she should combine her talents and volunteer to breastfeed the homeless. <laughs> Again, the fuck? Lorraine, I guess, developed early. And they head over to the table so they can eat their sandwiches that they were making. I know it's just, you know, it's a TV thing and it's placement. But I feel like if one of us were over the other's house and we were just like 
standing over the island making sandwiches, the odds of us moving to somewhere else to sit and eat to them sit. is slim to none. Well, that sandwich wouldn't make the pat. It would be eaten before we got to the chair. You would just stand there and eat it. You would just eat it, hovered over the island. Yeah, the island is in itself a table. This is one of those weird things that I just, I couldn't get my head around. Like, why did they move to eat the sandwich? Most days when we record for dinner, I'll make a sandwich because I'll be home alone. And I usually eat it at the island. And it seems silly to go times, sit down at the table by yourself and like get a book or something. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, I don't know. I'll just stand here and eat this. It is an island, Joe. <laughs> How often for you is it a ham sandwich? I feel like it's almost always a ham sandwich. It was a ham sandwich 99.9% of the time. And then uh, I switched it the last two weeks to pepperoni. Just a pepperoni sandwich? Pepperoni and cheese and mustard. Actually, oh. I would have made fun of him, but I've fucking eaten a lot of pepperoni lately. It's fucking <laughs> delicious. <laughs> That's my boy. I don't think I've ever purchased pepperoni as a deli meat. I'll buy like a stick of pepperoni and eat it like as a snack, but not. Sure, but sandwich pepperoni with American cheese and mustard is a very, very good simple sandwich. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. It's essentially salami and cheese with a little spice. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big mustard guy either. I'm not a mustard guy. We know, Jay, everything is plain and boring. No, like, I don't know. If I had to put something on that, it'd probably be mayo. Sprinkle a little crispix on it. Not on that. <laughs> well, I'll send you some mule sauce and you can put it on your next pepperoni and cheese sandwich. So um the two start talking so the two start talking about this kid William who Blossom brought up at the top of the episode. And she's looking for confirmation that this kid does in fact like her. And Six is telling her everything she's heard to kind of confirm this. Also, Six talks way too fast, and there was a ton of times where I couldn't understand what she was saying because I of couldn't how fast stand she talks. her. I just every like her entire presence bugged me. Really, and I was, liked her. It wasn't anything specific about her. I just didn't like everything she was a part of for some reason. I don't know. I couldn't. I can't tell you why though. One of the few things I remember from this show in general is her character speaking really fast, and it's faster than this later on yeah. in the show. She's basically like the Micro Machines guy in the rest of the season or series. One of few memories I have about this show when I was a kid was having a crush on Six. It's one of the few things like I I remember that and I think the oldest brother ends up driving an ambulance. <laughs> and that's like all I can remember from the show. It's also tough to be named after a number. Like you're named a number or whatever when shitty guys will rate women by number like forever. It's like uh, she's a six. Like, ah, oh, that sucks. They should have done a spinoff with Married with Children where she marries the character Seven. Ooh. And maybe they have a child. Maybe they have a child that's 11. Maybe. (laughs) I thought you were going to say 13 because that would be both of them combined, but... No, No, well, there's 11 from Stranger Things. So you went Stranger Things on it, yeah. Yeah. That's my cultural reference. Congrats. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Poor Gordon. You right, bud? He's having a hard day. No, no. Hey, Gordon's not, not okay. okay. Anyway, guys. <laughs> so as they're talking, the phone rings, and it's William, and he wants to meet up with Blossom tonight. But since it's a school night, she can't go out, so she invites him over to pretend they're doing homework. Not in the way that her brother does that, so they can just watch TV. That's her intention, at least. And when she hangs up, she goes, well, that was nice. And her and Six clasp hands and just scream bloody murder and excitement. That's quite the scream. That was the first time they acted like teenage girls, though. When, like, five minutes earlier, they sounded like 90-year-old women. 
Yeah, because two minutes before that, they're like, Daryl Hannah's pretty, but she's a horse. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening right now? <laughs> I will say, though, when you go back to when we were, like, 13, that's really at that point where I feel like you age up a lot. Like, the difference between, like, 10 to 12 to 13, like, right in that range, you grow rapidly. You are way more adult at 13 than you are a year or two before, like, in a major way. Like, in a way, bigger than the gap from 13 to 14 or something. I think, like, entering your teens in general, it's, like, a mindset of, like, well, I'm a teenager now. Yeah, when I think about us at age 13 and kind of, like, almost the unlockables that we were able to do now that we are teenagers, I feel like we matured a bit. Maybe not, maybe we didn't actually mature much, but we were allowed to do more. Yeah, it's a maturity level, uh, as we're all talking now, as we just spoke about, that we're almost all 40. I don't think the maturity level is a change, but. I don't think it's progressed past 13 i think it just <laughs> kind of that was the we hit 13 and we just and right there yeah <laughs> but then it cuts to night and mom's finishing getting dinner ready with donnie and blossom in the kitchen with her and she apologizes for not having dinner ready but she worked late and got caught in more traffic than uh, you mentioned it earlier i can't remember it was some forgettable musician who steve was it winwood. steve winwood yeah some like stevie no-name, winwood steve some no-name hack right <laughs> How dare you? I couldn't remember. It was a forgettable name. So I, that's, I think that's why I didn't get it down. Because I'm like, who listens to this guy? Ferg is the world's well, biggest blind faith man. He's just going to come attack you. Piece of shit. Now, Ferg, uh, you being a big Stevie Winwood fan, um, are you a traffic fan as well or just solo? No, solo only. Okay. Maybe I'll give traffic a, a shot, though. Also, when she tells this joke, she thinks it's hilarious. I mean, I <laughs> laughed at the absurdity of the joke, but also her delivery of it. Like, the, I love when people laugh at their own jokes. I don't know why that's like a, a big thing for me. And I think it's important to note that in 1990, the kids didn't find him relevant enough to get the joke. In 1990. <laughs> yeah, but I would say, I mean, that's just kids not caring about something that's 20 years old, right? Like, I feel like if you asked a 13-year-old now if they knew something from 20 years ago, they'd call you a dinosaur. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's weird. I don't think so, but it's tough to say because we're older and we're not. I can certainly say I'm not talking to a lot of 13-year-old kids. But like, Ferg, you have a young son. Like, is he aware of early 2000s stuff? Not really. He doesn't listen to a lot of music. He just fucking goes on YouTube. <laughs> Those kids in the YouTubes. Games. I mean, that's it now, though. Yeah, I've got family around that same age. And it's like, yeah, it's just games on the computer or YouTube stuff. Yeah, can't confirm with my nephew. About the same. The death of music. It's only going to be whatever clips got sped up for TikToks. Yep. And that's the oldest I think we've all felt this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So mom sets the food on the table and Donnie asks, what is this stuff? And she tells him that it's pasta putanesca, which translates to spaghetti of the prostitutes. Uh, Putanesca actually translates to in the style of the whore. In the style of the whore? Yes. Um, I read up on this dish. I have with your kids. Like. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. yeah. I did read up on this dish a little bit. I don't know if you guys did too out of curiosity. I didn't. It yeah, looked like American chop suey. Is it not American chop suey? No, it's it's basically no. like, uh, it's a kind of a marinara sauce, but they put whatever in it, like capers. It looked like, and it looked like they, they put olives in spaghetti, it. though. It wasn't yeah, like black olives, sometimes anchovies, but I, I guess the yeah. thought. <laughs> I've read up on the. Yeah, I got really curious, and I read up on the history of it a little bit, and more so, why is it named this? <laughs> and because the translation is accurate, They're, no one's completely sure, but they think that it's kind of like a 
something you can put together easy and it doesn't really matter of the presentation yeah. or whatever. Like that's kind of the best people can assume from it. Sounds more like a I masala assumed. almost. Hmm. I assume this one day it just came out of a hooker. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh boy. Like, oh, I don't remember eating that. <laughs> so, um, I don't know when else you could pivot and bring this up, but I don't know if you guys had noticed the spaghetti itself, like they added extra noise to it and it was super like squishy sounding. It was distractingly loud and it had to be added sound, which I don't know why they were like, we need to get the spaghetti tone up on this. This isn't white. Well, no, it's, it's, I think that was just that. A, a product of like, the microphones they were using overhead actually picking it up. It like nowadays I'm they wouldn't you, use something. It's insane how squishy the spaghetti noise <laughs> was. You have to go back and listen to it because now that I've said it, I'm telling you go back. It is bizarre how loud it is. I'll take a listen to that macaroni Thank noise. You. So now dad finally makes his way home and he says, sorry, he was late for work. He got stuck in traffic and mom lets out a huge laugh. <laughs> and I love that. So here's the thing. It's a quick callback. It's because of the traffic joke from before, but the first time I watched it, I didn't catch it. I I was so locked into the tone of like these two were angry with each other and want to get divorced that I thought it was like a sarcastic. She was accusing him in a way of like being late for other reasons. Like I, I didn't. I forgot about the joke already. You miss a lot of jokes in your first run-throws on these shows. I, yeah. I noticed. <laughs> and does, also, when yeah. you said that, I thought your assumption was going to be that she was like, fuck this guy, we're getting a divorce, and she was <laughs> laughing because he got stuck in traffic. Like, she was like... Oh, no, yeah, no, I just thought she was almost, like, mocking the absurdity of his excuse as to why he was late. And Dad's like, what are we eating? And Donnie goes, hooker macaroni. <laughs> Again, weird in this show. I think that's okay. I could... I don't think that's outside of what I would say at that age in front of me. Like, I don't think that's like a weird sex line. Yeah, I, know, I mean, that's not you weird. don't. Pandora doesn't go back in the box. That's already been opened up. That's so. true. Though what happened is the yeah. mother shouldn't have ever fucking brought up this conversation. But yeah, yeah, and she should have we... just said it was red sauce with olives. Yeah, yeah she could have just said macaroni and olives, and everyone would have been like, okay, whatever, dinner. Yeah, that would well... be a shitty dish macaroni and olives i hate olives Ugh. i'm not an olive guy oh, Nick, I'm you're, the, guy. you're the olive guy of the group right i hate olives. why am i the olive guy I'm an olive. Uh, out of five of us i'm <laughs> assuming you're the only one who likes olives i, I like d- olives. i actually don't like black all right so see green olives i love green olives especially in a martini and like with like uh like a charcuterie board or something like that green olives great black olives i can eat but they overpower anything they're in if oh, you put really? all, black olives like on or in something, it's all you can taste. And I think they, I don't think they belong on or in anything. Like, yeah, pop a few in your mouth is like a snack maybe, but like I wouldn't put black olives in anything. I oh, think you're right, Nick. You. I don't like olives, but if somebody gets a pizza, you need split pizza sometimes. Like, hey, we'll get pizza, yeah. we'll get half pepperoni. That's exactly what I was thinking of, yeah. Yeah, if people get olives on their half, you taste olives on your half, even really? if they're pretty far away. That's a very grifts. strong, specific flavor. Yeah. I'm cool I with feel olive like oil. That's with any um, pizza topping, it's somehow like through osmosis gets through the entire pizza. Well, it gets baked into the sauce a little bit. But Gordon, I don't know, do you I like go... green and black? Yeah. I've never, I don't think that black is that overpowering. Maybe it's just me. I mean, I am weird, but I don't have that same thing. I don't eat olives in my memory of having them. I haven't had them since I was like a really young child for the most. I've had black olives sometimes are in things and I can't avoid it. 
but on the visual test, green olives look like they have a stronger taste. Uh, for yeah. so I, for those of you who don't know, I have an Instagram dedicated to Italian subs. Go follow it if you want. It's at Gabagool Boston. But one, I'll have to find the messages. Somebody messaged me like infuriated once because none of my Italian subs that I reviewed had black olives on them. And I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> Why would I ever put black olives on an Italian sub? It's a good way and to ruin This dude was like, he was like from Maine and like started his <laughs> own. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he started like his own Italian sub thing. I think in spite of mine and only put subs up there covered in black olives. And it just is so disgusting. <laughs> the idea of a ton of black olives on a sandwich is so vile to me. And this person thought it was necessary to reach out specifically that they were not on the sub. I do like that you affected him so badly he had to start his own competing (laughs) sub Instagram. Yeah. Now, Nick, what do you put on your Italian sub? Pickle, onion, tomato, diced. It's important that they're diced, okay? Has to be white onion. And, uh, I mean, after that, I mean, it's dealer's choice. Lettuce sometimes, depending, has to be shredded, though. I don't like a big leaf of lettuce. Um, and huts on the side. I don't always do huts because I feel like it can take away from the like the, the actual flavor of the sub too much sometimes. But, yeah, pickle, onion, tomato is really all you need on an Italian sub. What's the standard meat combination that's considered an Italian sub? Like proper. should be salami, mortadelle, capicole. And okay. that's like your... Three main. They get what swapped kind of out like used? provolone. That was the most Italian I've ever heard you sound. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's one of those things <laughs> that, that, right accent. Out, <laughs> that would happen to me when I used to work at a supermarket, especially when I worked in East Boston. People who are Italian descent, not from Italy, who don't have an Italian accent, come in and they need something Italian. All of a sudden, they develop this uh, thick <laughs> Italian accent that would be like embarrassingly yep. thick. Hey, uh, where's the, uh, the, the broccoli rub? It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It being broccoli rub makes it way funnier for some reason, too. <laughs> the, the thing about the accent, though, is, is like, I don't know, maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Misinterpreting it, like, it, it that's the way it's supposed to be said. Yeah, to a degree. I mean, you, um, like the instance you use, broccoli rob. I mean, you can say that. However, <laughs> it's just the word broccoli and the word yeah. rob. Like, you know what, what? Which one would kill me? I worked in produce. Was whenever they would say escarole, like they would get so Italian. Escarole. 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 And it's like, <laughs> like okay, guy. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that. So, uh, <laughs> to transition from this. The we, we talk about how the hooker macaroni's weird dinner conversation. Uh, to take on a much darker tone, the next thing that comes up is when the mom picks up the fifth placing that's at the table. And this is when we find out that there's a third sibling. There's an oldest sibling, Anthony, the older brother. Donnie's like, why can't Anthony eat with us? And at this point, because I don't know, I'm like, who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Sam, yeah. My drama. Thank you. I was like, if someone doesn't fucking say it, I'm going to lose my mind. But yeah, so he's the oldest sibling and he's not mentioned until now. And we find out that he has a substance problem and he's currently trying to stay sober. And he's been spending most of his days like just sleeping and watching TV. And Donnie says, nobody would be making dinner for me if I did every drug known to man. 
And the parents kind of explain that they're just going to support him in any way possible. So whatever it is that he needs to stay sober, they're going to do. It just, and then he goes, I just wish he was like how he used to be. And the dad's like, we all do. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, yeah. why, are we, why are we injecting this <laughs> all of a sudden in the middle of the dinner a scene? lane on this show. And it's actually it's kind of dark. annoying. Like, they don't. Yeah. I, yeah. This, I, this one threw me for a loop because I didn't think this character needed to exist. There's already a bunch of, like, fluid characters on this show. And now they're throwing another one at you who you're not even seeing yet. And I just, I, I didn't like it. I didn't think he, he needed to be. When I think there. of a lot of other shows of the 90s, three kids isn't bizarre. Like, three was the standard. Three or no, more yeah, kids right. on the show is, like, kind of how it went. It was almost bizarre to only have two at this point. It would have been great, you know, if they just never showed the kid throughout the entire series. You just know he's, like, the sad junkie that lives Sleeping up in the upstairs. attic. Like, he's just constantly sweating it out in the attic. <laughs> but it's just one of those... It's very out of nowhere. He's never brought up once, and then all of a sudden, she set the table four or five, and then goes, oh, he's not here right away. I'm going to just make him his plate for later. And they get into this conversation, and it just, it felt, it's too much. Again, it's this is the pilot. We're already dealing with the divorce thing, and now we're throwing in the substance issue thing. And we're not even developing the story. We're just throwing it at you. Yeah, we're like, just maybe saying, down oh, the by road. the way. Yeah, like, maybe, like, we meet the character and then we find out, especially if they're going to tackle it in a way that he's already sober now, like bring it up down the road, a couple episodes in and you can explain it and give it more time to, I don't know, properly go over a story like that. That's an important issue to talk about anyways. That could be yeah. an entire arc for a season. Right. Like, yeah, they, exactly. they fucking do it in one episode of a pilot. <laughs> Just like a throwaway line at dinner. Like, oh yeah, um, Anthony has a drug problem that he's trying to get off of and uh, I think he's okay now, but he's asleep. Like, also making jokes about it though like it's dark and it's serious but then he's like anthony doesn't remember 1989 and the, the whole crowd's like la 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 pick a fucking lane here guys yeah, yeah. what would have worked better is if they were like oh he works the night shift like how hard is that yeah like there was plenty of other ways they could have gone with it and then the topic changes when dad asks blossom about her company later and donnie says oh weenie willie zimmerman's coming over <laughs> <laughs> and so we're know. gonna guess that he's seen him in the locker room at school <laughs> maybe and dad reminds him well hey no company tomorrow though because uh we're both gonna be out and when blossom tries to ask where they're going it gets a little awkward and he mentions it's just a business thing that they have to do with barry sloan who uh blossom identifies as his attorney She's trying to like, well, what do you need your attorney for? And the mom's like, uh, let's just change the subject. You know, we'll move on. Why Sorry, what? would a 13-year-old girl know the name of their parents' attorney? Right. I was going to say the, the same dumbest thing. Shit, like, I'm, uh, I'll say so this, weird. though. Like, they are of a different class than I grew up in. So, like, my parents didn't have a go-to attorney. It doesn't matter. So yeah. They also have different. a weird closeness where maybe they share that kind of information since they talk about hooker spaghetti and Yeah. They might be close. Yeah. Like maybe he's close with the attorney. They're maybe they're buddies. But yeah, I no, it was that it's Henry Winkler. Or Scott Bayo. Blah blah blah. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. So Donnie starts talking about what he's been up to and he mentions Kimberly, who we met earlier. And now he had to break it off with her because she's too smart for him because of her straight C's. I think he was looking for someone with straight D's, you know what I'm saying? 
No, he was given the straight D's. <laughs> children. We're talking about children right now. Kids. But he keeps talking about it. He's telling his parents all about the situation. But we pan over to Blossom, who's kind of looking off into space at this point, And we hear audio of what's going on in her brain. And it's the jury at the divorce procedures uh, proceedings. I looked and everywhere to find who the voiceover was for this. And I couldn't find it Was anywhere. he uncredited? Usually when that's the case, it's like the director or something. Like someone who works behind the camera. This whole, like, voice and head thing, that was very Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, like yeah. Zach Morris having that fantasy or, like, someone else from the show. And it was, like, the voice of the judges is basically confirming that, like, the divorce is final and that they will not be getting two sets of Christmas presents. And I thought... The, oh, no! I thought that was a little too kiddie for this. It was yeah, we can't have to be like, your junkie brother doesn't remember the whole last year, and you'll get no Christmas presents. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it made sense for Donnie to say it when he first heard it, like, oh, cool, more Christmas gifts. But in this case, like, now it coming up again is almost like she's lingering on that thought. Like, that's the important part now, which it isn't. That was the one bright side, all right? <laughs> which she was hanging on to. Now all hope so, is lost. So now it transitions to later in the night, and it's right before William comes over. This is the first time you can hear my prerogative as background music. So if if, if you hadn't read up on it, this would have been the first time you went, huh? Yep, I was very, very confused. <laughs> Me too. Six is hanging out at the house with them, or with Blossom, while she's waiting. And she tells her about how a girl they know's parents just got divorced. And Blossom asks, did her dad run off with a younger woman? And Six tells her, no, a younger man. Again, gets a... Joe, is this the crowd response thing? There's an audience. Everybody laughs, and then after everyone stops laughing, you hear one woman go... (laughs) (laughs) To a point where I was like, that fucking happened to that woman, and she's having her moment where she's like, fucking tell it. Tell it. I know what's going on here. She's way too into the ran off with another man thing. So now, Blossom's questioning why people get married anyways, if they're just going to get divorced and hurt each other. And Six is like, well, that's why I'm never going to get married. And then she mentions that her mom told her you can always tell when a man's losing interest based on what kinds of gifts he gets you. And I guess the last Christmas gift that her dad got for her mom was a hair removal system. I mean, that still says he's interested. Interested in her looking better. Still interested. More interested. That's not like the bowling ball named Homer. Why you bring that up? Because um, they're bringing that character back on The Simpsons. The the one that she almost has the the one she almost has the affair with. I, I saw a fucking article about it today. It's oh, a weird yeah, character yeah. to pull back. Yeah. Well, aren't oh, they divorced? Man. Not to get off topic, but aren't they divorced in this season? Are they? I don't know. I've watched them so. in years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think they got divorced or they separated. A couple of seasons ago, I think they did. It was a whole thing. Oh, I'm very, very behind on the season. I feel like I would so have heard I. about that, and I think you might be making that up. <laughs> I mean, but he could be a thousand percent right, though, because I could probably up to about season 14, maybe season 12, 13, quote every single line of every single episode and go through so much minutiae. And then after that, I am lost. Like, no, you just I, hit a point I, where I you stop. I get that. But when Barbie and Ken broke up, it was a national news story. If they broke up The Simpsons, it would be on every channel and all over the Internet. To cycle it back to this conversation a little bit. Joe, you've been with your wife for a while now. Do you put the same amount of effort into gifts that you once did in the early days? Do you, do you put that same energy in? Yeah, always. I always try to do like like if I think if I think of something like I have like a running list of things like mention something, I'll like write it down and be like, I bet I can figure something out around this. So I put a lot of effort into it. I also 
I'm a big fan of the every once in a while random flowers at work because they don't expect it. And then also it gets them in trouble because everyone at work's mad at them because they didn't get flowers <laughs> too. So you get a little fun out of it too. Random Jay, flowers you... are always a, it doesn't even have to be at work. Just getting random flowers is always a win. Yeah. When was the last I time someone the... got you flowers, Nick? Literally never. Ding dong. <laughs> Jay, get Nick some flowers. I will, I'll have to do that. Make um, Get him some you broccoli, those, Rob. <laughs> you'll hear the conversations of like <laughs> couples who are like, "Oh, we just we have a deal. We don't do Christmas gifts anymore." I'm like, oh, "That's not fun. That sucks. Do that. Yeah, that does suck. Yeah, that's I'm, like too comfortable now. Like that's. I think that's almost like you know, kind of aids to what she's saying. You don't want to be at that point. The only that's agreement like, I have, like we both have, is no Valentine's Day. It's we don't yeah, same. put any kind of pressure on we, no gifts. You don't have to do anything. We both think it's a stupid holiday, and uh, that's it. We'll get each other we a just, card, and that's it. And then just yeah, we dinner. just talk to each other. That's it. Or, or we communicate what we want. It's not a surprise to either or. You're all boring. Not boring. <laughs> it's I romance. like the surprise stuff. What did you do for Valentine's Day? Yeah, Valentine's Frank. Day this year. Actually, nothing that good. We went to the Palmas, and I broke my diet, which I wouldn't do for anybody I else. Say, I broke my foot. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for, like, I broke something. I was like, what? You didn't tell us you broke your leg. What's going <laughs> to on? show her how much I care, I had chicken parm. <laughs> Listen. That's, oh, you old that's softy. A big, that's a big deal because I wouldn't break that for anything, and it's hard to date someone who's going, who's on a fucking diet because they're not fun at all. So That's true, yeah. Point in case, you. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was getting at, why I brought up how unfun that was for her, so I took her out. I will say, because I have so many weird food allergies, I can't eat at a ton of places, and I always just like joke that I'm like, I'll be adjacent to your food. Like, Don't not eat on my account. Like, You get food. And sometimes it would backfire because be like, well, if you're getting food, I'm getting extra whiskey. <laughs> and then be like three <laughs> hours later, be like, I've been drinking whiskey all day and I have no food in me. This is not going to go well. But hey, I got you this Burt Reynolds bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Blossom says her relationship with William could end up being the most stable relationship of her life or possibly the most important. And then the doorbell rings. So Six runs upstairs to hide. She's not actually leaving because he's there she's just gonna not be present and the door that's opens weird right no i i'm not i didn't that didn't flag me as weird i'm not surprised that they did it okay i thought it I was weird i didn't notice she was even there until the scene after when she said something but the door opens and we see william and he's like he's like a handsome boy like it has flowers on him and i thought we were gonna see <laughs> I just want the isolation of my clothes. <laughs> no it was one of those isolate that <laughs> What I mean by you that, though, is boy. the idea of the <laughs> way so he was earnest. portrayed earlier and because of the kind of character that Blossom is, I thought he was going to be like a very typical nerdy television character. And especially when he was called like Weenie Willie by her brother earlier, like I was <laughs> expecting I was expecting like all this to be about like a really nerdy character. And this wasn't what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I will say you expect him to be like this, the, you know, the group of like nerds and Saved by the Bell. There's all those like, um, I can't remember the actor's name, Eddie, Eddie Nowak, maybe so, whatever. But, you know, the classic like 80s nerd with the pocket protector and the broken right. glasses. Like you yeah, expect that right. kid to show up. That exactly. So she grabs the flowers that he gives her and she's like a little silent because he's putting them in a vase and watering them. And to cut the silence, William tells her 
that her grandfather lives with them and that they had to take the TV away because he keeps watching the Home Shopping Network and now everybody has ID bracelets. Which, again, is like a very outdated thing. Like, that was a thing and now it's yeah. not a thing. I definitely That's such had... a real thing, though, with grandparents back then. Yes. <laughs> like I definitely had one. Yeah. I definitely had like a like a silver bracelet that just said Jason. <laughs> like, but also like this one. poor grandfather is obviously older and living with the family because he can't live on his own anymore, and they take his TV away. You're like, oh come on, man! Like I work seventy fucking years for you to take the goddamn TV away. <laughs> this is all I have to live for. Yeah, I, I guess I I'll read my book. <laughs> I bought you this ID bracelet. And he's you take my TV away. Fuck. I got you gifts and you're punishing me. Why are you punishing me? <laughs> Shut up, Grandpa. Get in the attic. <laughs> this is elder abuse and I will not stand for it. Yeah, he tells Blossom that that you know, was his only personal antidote that he had. And he was like spending all day trying to think of something that he could use. So they sit down and William tells her that there's something that he's been meaning to ask her. And Six replies, yes, from the top of the stairs. And he's like, hey, how'd you throw your voice like that? So he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Eventually he gets to the asking her if she would be his girlfriend, which again, I didn't really expect. I thought this whole thing was going to be a build up to him saying like, Hey, can you help me with the project or something like that? I really didn't think it was going to be I thought he as was simple gonna as ask, it was. Pre- sorry. I thought he was going to ask her to set him up with the other girl they were talking about <laughs> earlier. Yes, and all of these would have had more depth than what actually happened because no, asked, I would. It was I. I nah, this is very thirteen, though, to be like, I like you. Do you want to be my steady girlfriend? We've never spoken to each other before. It does feel very much of that age where you're like, you don't really know what you're doing. Dating well, as far is as weird. her you're really reply, dating. I think there is some depth to the reply. And if she because... had spent the rest of the episode acting like a regular thirteen-year-old girl, it would have made sense. But she does fair. not. And then this happens. Again, this show wants it both ways. Yeah, it's silly. Well, she tells him no, which when she says no, it even, you can see it on her own face that she's surprised because she didn't expect to say it. That was kind of like, that was it because there was nothing else for them to do. So he's just like, okay, and leaves. (laughs) So Six runs downstairs and she's basically like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Blossom's like, I don't know what happened. Like, I intended to say yes, but no came out. And, I mean, I guess as far as, like, depth goes in the show, it's that looming thought of divorce and hurting each other. Like, that's why she said no. Because now she has this tainted view of relationships. So, she did like this boy. And she kind of let what her parents were going through affect her decision there. Again, yeah, I, super again, heavy. It's, it's just like the childlike thing of, we're 13, go steady. And the answer no is because she's got a deep rooted understanding of how relationships can go sour and she doesn't want to put him through that. That's right. again, the weird up and down of this show. I pick a fucking lane. <laughs> yeah. Well, kinda, don't get stuck in traffic. Well, I don't think it's a pick a lane thing, right? I just think it's when you look at other shows, like we talked about Roseanne earlier, like Roseanne, I thought skirted that line perfectly all the time. They dealt with a lot of really heavy issues. I just think this particular show for episode one is throwing a lot of heavy at you really early on. And they haven't found that balance in their tone yet. I think that's kind of the big issue here. So we cut to later in the night, and this is when we meet Anthony for the first time. And he's alone in the kitchen making some coffee. And he adds, like, the cream to the pot of coffee, like, straight out of the coffee maker. 
and then puts a pot, out of the pot. Yeah, takes a cup of coffee to put in for the rest of the coffee. Like, what yeah. is happening here, bud? You have Man's to sober. Give him a break. Would the glass be hot? I haven't made coffee like in a coffee pot yes. conventionally like that. In yeah, so boiling long. hot. Yes, it would. Very, like, very warm. I was like, I don't know if you can put your mouth on that. It would be very. I make a coffee pot coffee every single day, and uh, I oh, it always gets uh, left on, like because yep. like the burner on the bottom. The plate. And I'll just go to like grab it to like clean it out, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so there's a half inch of coffee in there, and it's boiling hot. There's yeah. no way you could just put your mouth on that. I had to switch to one that had an automatic timer on it because that would do the same thing. So when Blossom walks in, they look at each other and it's like, you would almost think like they don't live in the same house, the way that they embrace and like, Hey, like, Oh, you look good. Like you too. And they hug. And I'm like, don't think, I mean, I get that he sleeps most of the day, but do they, but did he just come back? Like Wednesday? That was the thing. He was like away, like just being like on a bender like doing his own thing and then like he decided he needed to like clean his life up and came home and that's kind of where we're picking it up i think see i feel like they could have explained that a little bit better oh, like, yeah, hey yeah. your brother just got back like give him a little time he's adjusting but you just see them and i'm to believe b- based on what little i know of him that he just lives there so <clears> to see them like so like shocked to see one another seemed weird to me at the time yeah they definitely like, don't give he- enough explanation of when he got home does he live in the normal house? Like, does he have a room on the like top floor with the kids, or like, does he live like above the basement, like uh, live above the garage, like Mike Seaver? Like, I don't remember from future episodes. In here, it's certainly not talked about. Yeah, but I get the feeling he's not in the house proper. When she apologizes for intruding at first, he's like, "What are you kidding me? You're my favorite person in the entire kitchen." This is another one of the scenes where like it's trying too hard, and another joke what happens that's just for the sake of a joke that has no bearing on anything else. Which is a weird thing to throw in again. With the Keith Richards joke? Yeah, because he's just like, hey, you know what they say about cockroaches? Like, there's no setup to it. He just says a joke. Yeah. Icebreaker. It's the same as William just needing to talk about the grandfather. It's just kind of a way to get the conversation flowing. But it's funny because basically it's just a cockroach joke and how they're going to survive, you know, nuclear war. And then it's, you know, it's, it's basically a Keith Richards will never die joke. And this is 33 years ago. You know, it's just so crazy that 33 years ago, the joke was this guy's never going to die. And he legitimately never is going to die. I hope so. But then again, I thought the same thing about Lemmy. And I, I feel like you yeah. just jinxed them. I know. I, you know what's funny? Yeah. I don't want to say what's funny, but when we look at the last year or two, it seems like this has been like when all the celebrities that are like super old start getting picked off. But he's like, he's probably what, his 80s? He's not. Yeah, they're in their like, 80s. He's not like near a hundred, like you know when we lost Betty White and a couple other like really old. Just um, leave alone. Don't why do you bring him up? Like <laughs> you just put that evil yeah. into the world. It's okay. I can edit the evil out. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. That's why I'm not saying anybody else's name. Who I'm like, it would be sad if this yeah. person. I'm thinking of one person in my mind, and uh, this kid in the show was in a movie with him a few years earlier, and I won't say that person's name out loud because okay. She asked him how he's doing. And he's like, good, you know, like I'm sober, like, and I'm finished with everything. And it was just kind of seems like, again, we talked about, so is that story arc done? Like, I don't know where it's going. Like he could relapse or whatever, but if that's legitimately over, it's just kind of weird to put all that out there at dinner. And it's already kind of a dead topic because it's over with. I I don't know. Maybe I don't want to do drugs anymore. (laughs) Maybe it sets up 
for like future stories, but it's just a a weird thing. Like you can have like a sober character, but it doesn't work in this kind of dynamic. Like if they were like adults going to work or something like that, it, it could work in certain circumstances. But this is a lot of heavy for a kids yeah. show. You know what's strange too, though? It's like he's just got clean. He's struggling. It's like an everyday thing. And she's like, hey, mom and dad might get divorced. It's like, don't fucking trigger him with another like extreme like thing <laughs> like, like that. Like, it's like, yeah, cool. Right? So I'm going to walk to the liquor store right fucking now. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, yeah. Well, because well, she brings it up and she's saying how she doesn't know what to do about it. And he actually was pretty good. Like, you know, he's like, that's not your job. Like, they need to find out their own answers. So. I guess you're kind of getting some of the things he's learning maybe through these programs when he's kind of giving her this advice that maybe he wouldn't have been able to when he was still in the in the middle of it. And he starts talking about how he's a rain dog now. That's based on a Tom Waits song he said. Was that yeah. – I'm not familiar with the song. It's an Joe? album and a song. Okay. But early – like that's probably mid-70s. It's probably like 75. Like, and Sing it, Joe. I mean have you ever heard Tom Waits sing? No, sing Don't it, Joe. Don't wait, sing like this. I'm looking for the heart of Saturday night. <laughs> he's like Slim a... Blade? Yeah, he's like really most... Bob Thornton? <laughs> yeah, he's really Bob Thornton. one time, Bobby Boucher went... <laughs> yeah. He's basically going for those fried taters. But uh, but Tom Waits is interesting, right? Because he's like present in culture, but he's never been like a super popular musician. Like, I don't know if... Like, would the four of you, if you saw him, because he acts a lot, if you saw Tom Waits in a movie, would you be like, oh, that's Tom Waits? Like, would you track him? No. No, I'd have to see nope. his face to identify him, so no. Right, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, he's not, like, a hugely... Like, I've got no, no issues with Tom Waits, but an odd choice. They shouldn't have done that. It's just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and the rain dog... <laughs> the rain dog analogy is essentially just talking about how, you know, dogs use their own tracks to kind of find their way back, and... Sometimes the rain washes them away and then they're just kind of lost. And that's where he's at in life. He's just kind of trying to figure things out. It like, is super fucking heavy. Because again, yeah. that didn't fit in with what they were just talking about. He just brought it up and then he moves on from it. And it's also next... coming from somebody who's white knuckling sobriety after we're guessing less than a week. So it's like it super fucking reason. heavy. Yeah. And he mentions that he went to an AA meeting yesterday and that they went bowling after. And he finds the concept of renting shoes to be weird. That had no follow-up. He just yes. said that, and that was it. <laughs> so, kind of weird. Um, I think all the Anthony stuff's kind of weird. Again, I think there's definitely a place in shows like this to introduce characters that are having those struggles. But it's just very... They didn't know how to use it, and they just brought it in right away anyways. I was going to say, and does it need to happen on the first episode? No. Doesn't no. Like episode. Ferg said, like, uh, I think it was Ferg said, like, that could that could be a good story arc, and they just f- jammed it down your throat in the first 20 minutes, and it yeah. just didn't make any sense, like, as to why they did it that Not way. Not that it can't be revisited. Like, they right, can yeah. certainly revisit that down the road where he's having struggles again, but to just dump it on you the way they did, kind of blindsiding you, because you find out about it before you even meet the character. Which is the weird yeah, part. It's like they're, they're throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. Is, like, the humor going to stick? Is, like, the, the child angle going to work? Is, like, the adult humor going to work? Like, I don't know. They're throwing hooker pasta against the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Making macaroni noises. Uh, but, no, it, it's just, like, it's just weird. It's just a weird writing style. 
that just doesn't know what it wants to do. I feel like there's a part, like, especially as we got to the Tom Waits thing, now that I'm thinking about it, the guy who wrote and created this, right? He's a sitcom guy. He's written a bunch of shows, stuff we've done, all good stuff. But like, there's definitely part of him who wants to like go Kerouac on everybody's ass where like, he's got a failed script he wrote that nobody would produce about like a junkie with a soundtrack by Tom Waits. That's like this super dark emotional thing and nobody will make it. And he's like, well then fuck it. I'm just going to sprinkle it into these teen comedies. Cause that's all I can do the rest of my life. It's possible. Yeah, kind of like, honestly, um, yeah. kind of like the Dracula, the musical thing in Sarah Marshall, right? Pardon? Right. So, um, is that part of heavy metal parking lot? No. So, <laughs> While they're talking, they can start to hear laughing from the living room area. And she heads over to the door to see what's going on. And she sees her parents, like, kind of doing that. They're kissing and just with, like, a really tight hug in the in the middle of the living room out of nowhere. So she goes back to her brother and she's like, well, either the marriage is in good shape or they're really happy about getting a divorce. That was funny, at least. <laughs> I'll tell you. One thing about this show that I, I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, because we've watched so many of these, and even outside of this show that we do, we've all seen a, a million TV shows other than Gordo. It's like, you you every time I think I know exactly where this is heading, it doesn't do that. And it, like, throws me for a loop each time. And, like, not in a good way. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm like, yeah, oh, like, okay, this kid's going to be a nerd. Oh, yeah. okay, he's going to want to ask out six. Oh, okay, the parents are getting divorced. And every time you're like, nope fooled you so it cuts to the next day and the parents are in the kitchen slow dancing with the radio on and blossom runs in and turns what on year like, is this like they're just, slow they're dancing just in, in the living room hey, I mean, that, they can slow dance moment. in the kitchen if they want you, you this is weird that. i've slow danced before in the kitchen i've done something similar in my room before years ago maybe you're not a romantic with your chicken parm ferg okay <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with I you for our Valentine's tradition is chicken parm as I'm well. Just so. Jay doing the tuck and the t- <laughs> all alone in his bed. <laughs> the sounds of the lambs dance. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was not what I said. Goodbye, <laughs> horses. I fucked um, me so hard. So <laughs> she's basically like, "Okay, enough. Tell me what's going on." A couple days ago, I'm hearing you have this Mondo argument, and now you're kissing and slow dancing. Is this a divorce or a honeymoon? I'm like, well, what made you think we we're getting a divorce? It's like, what about your tremendous sex problems? <laughs> I love that line so much. And I really like the father's delivery, because he sits down next to her, and he's like, okay, um, well, in every relationship, there are certain things that are none of your business. And I really like how he tells I did like that. that. I love yeah, I like this that. dad too. I was so I was so happy to see him in this pilot, and then sad he wasn't. I was like, I don't remember yeah. being in this. He's in a million things. He's a like the dad in Encino Man. He's in Blood oh, and Blood oh, Out. Shit, that's right. I was ready for stuff. you to say something weirder. You know what's funny is I recognize Blood and Blood Out is probably the weird voice one for me that I know more than I recognized him. Does he voice somebody? I'm sure he's done voice work because he's got a. Because I really recognized his voice, but I couldn't. I couldn't place what that was. He his voice is actually in the pilot of Blossom uh, for the dad. <laughs> Where's the crickets? Got one. No, I got a quick laugh. <laughs> She's like, "Well, what were you doing with your lawyer then?" Like, oh, we were just <laughs> we we're there to sell your brother Donnie. <laughs> and, but it turns out that they were actually just making their wills. It's like your wills isn't death wills, but I'll I'll say this. When you go back to when they explain that they had to see the lawyer, 
the way the mom was reacting, what I guess like wills are a weird topic, but they did a good job, I guess, good job. I'm not sure if it's a good job of covering it up. So you were surprised at the end because they sold it like it was a divorce thing, not uh, something yeah. else. Like she didn't want to get into it. Didn't want to talk about it. And yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like you don't make your will necessarily when you're dying, like you just make it ahead of time. So it's not that heavy of an issue. It's just a weird topic. Typically, that's wills, how it happens. Do I don't have anything to give? <laughs> so I guess yeah, because yeah. I own, like we're talking about it, because now we own the house, right? Like, yeah. Once you have an actual piece of, like, it's got to go to somebody. Somebody's gonna take care of it, you know. If like something crazy happens, so we were talking about how like oh, it's a weird thing. We have to like maybe actually make a will. Are you gonna leave your house to Marty Moose? Yes, Marty Moose is gonna get the house. He's also going to be the one who kills Joe. <laughs> well, that's how he got the house. It's in the will. Whoever kills me gets it. I know about your will, Joe. <laughs> See, I, I, my. Why is his voice process. Dave Coulier? What a cruel twist of fate. That's Dave Coulier as a moose. <laughs> I heard everything you said about Joe. Hold oh, did somebody say will? <laughs> I heard you said I was a terrible comedian. <laughs> I love that you guys are doing impressions. Jay, how's your Bobcat Goldthwait impression coming along? Not as good as my Dave Coulier impressions of impressions. <laughs> it's actually coming along really terrible. That actually was his Bobcat Goldway. <laughs> <laughs> Took a weird turn. Well, it's going to have to come out pretty soon because we're going to see Mr. Goldthwaite very soon. Yeah, when we cover Golden Showers. I Is mean, that yeah. it? <laughs> I don't think that's the... Berg, I think you watched the wrong one on yeah, Jay's cause... drive. Not on the... <laughs> oh, I, I sent you the wrong drive. That the... was... That was my personal drive. I'm <laughs> the, the, also, speaking of gold, this Blossom is in the Golden Girls universe. As Blossom? Blossom? Oh, the actress. Estelle, no, the, the, like, the universe of the shows. Like Estelle Blossom goes to uh, be on Golden Girls and Empty Nest. And then Estelle Getty is on an episode of Blossom. as Because I forget, is it the creator of the show like wrote on Golden Girls or yeah. something like that? And Empty Nest is another one that I'm not going to pick it soon because we just picked Golden Palace. But Empty Nest is another amazing golden girls uh spinoff that i loved as a kid i also uh i believe the creator of this show also went on to create the ranch he did <sighs> he also I did uh like my wife and kids and the john larroquette show the john larroquette show is definitely coming soon is it definitely i, I didn't john larroquette so john larroquette's much. the best he's so good he in the rules. new uh the new night court i'd have to look i don't recall his yeah solo show did it have like a, a reasonable run i think only one or two seasons i remember watching it new when it was on tv the name rings a bell, but I can't place the face to the name. If I remember correctly, something about he's in either a bus stop or a train station, and he there's maybe a diner, something along those lines. If it it'll it'll jog my memory eventually. Oh, bus wings. Yeah. <laughs> bus wings. <laughs> yeah. It was the throw mama from the train TV show? Owen. <laughs> I so watch that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so sad. No, now I need to look like, was there a failed pilot of that? And who was know, cast in it? Like, there was the 90s where everything got its own spinoff TV show. Why right. you throw them out from a train get one? But it's about the train. <laughs> so after she finds out about the wills, it cuts to her doing the video diary again, which is how the episode started. And she's explaining basically the story of what I assume everything we just saw in the episode. And she also mentions once she turned William down... He went and asked someone else out. Guess who? Again, I guessed wrong. I thought he was going to say six, or she was going to say six, but it was um that girl Lorraine, the one who should breastfeed the homeless. Who's got golden bozos, they say. <laughs> yes. 
The bullfella elbows? The one who called six that, yeah. So um, did, did you guys think it was going to be six? I thought it was going to be. No, I didn't. Six wouldn't no. do that to Blossom. I didn't really think about it, honestly. I didn't have like a predetermined. Well, she's like, guess who? So I'm like, well, it's got to be someone I know at this point. Listen, I only Jay, know this isn't people. happy days where they just swap fucking dates yes. left and right. She asked out the older brother. She just like ends up in like his weird like junkie dorm room or whatever. It's like, aren't you 13? Like, doesn't count. Doesn't matter. It starts doing the sounds of the lambs dance. <laughs> so uh, she's said she's done trying to answer the cosmic questions of the universe. And which leaves it with the question, why do people fight about sex and money? And she doesn't have the answers, but she swears that she's never going to fight about sex and money with her husband, River Phoenix. R.I.P. I'm sorry. When did anyone fight about money? Well, I think the argument yeah. initially when they, The very was, first part, they argued about money because yeah. when he was like, well, without the job, we'd be living under a bridge. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. It was basically they're not having sex because they're too fixated on money. And River Phoenix, uh, he passed in 93. So I guess I was like, it must be really close to his death, but he still had another few years after that. Maybe um, he turned Blossom down and she killed him. Oh, boy. I don't like that. I can only ever think of River Phoenix's death They like in the end of Stand By Me when they talk about what happened to him. The end of the movie that makes me cry my eyes out every time I watch it. That was the conclusion of the episode. And, and it, ring, it it closes out with my prerogative again. And we see um, ding, 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 ding. the end credits and they're playing that music over it. Yeah, they just kind of cut all the vocal tracks out of it. I was just, like, I was wondering if, like, it just sounded a lot like it. And, like, I was going crazy or if it, because there was no vocals. And I'm like. Actually, when you listen to it, it's not a great cut because they cut the yeah. vocals out. But there's parts where you just came like, <laughs> like every time the vocals were about to start. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the end of it. And then. Like mentioned, there was a gap. So this pilot happens, and then there's a little bit of a wait before the series is ordered. And there are some changes that go from the pilot onto the actual episode. So since we covered it, I figured, you know, we could touch on a couple things, which we did talk about along the way. Joey Lawrence, who is a real person, Gordo, uh, his name goes from Donnie to Joey, which is his actual name. Whoa. Uh, six, we find out her name isn't six because of the amount of beers. That changes. And I think the big thing was... In the actual show, they only live with the father, and it's a different actor playing the father. Actually, it has, has a different name. They get divorced. The series starts, yeah. So the show starts, you know, past this episode with the parents already being divorced. Parents have different names, and the father isn't like a businessman; he's a musician, and that's a very yeah. different dynamic. For yeah, the they're like show bohemian musicians. Forward. So to have this family dynamic that they're pulling for episode one, but then when it actually becomes a legit series to have it three kids living with their musician father. I think that's right off the bat completely changes the tone. Oh yeah. Yeah. And from what I imagine, still around the what? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The older brothers in the the whole series. Yeah. 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 yeah, No, all three siblings are the same. Like I said, the only change with that is that Donnie becomes Joey, but I guess the creator, when the show was initially pitched, that was the idea was to have a single musician father. And the studio pushed back against it and wanted a family. And for whatever reason, after the pilot, he just kept harping on it and was able to talk them into the change. The only interesting bit of trivia I saw for this one is that Jada Pinkett Smith actually landed the role of Six. Yeah. But backed out of it because she was 18 when she got it and would have had to play a 12-year-old and didn't think there was that it would have. That's a tough age to pull. 
yeah, two I, weeks I did in a row that we talked about Will Smith. Yeah, well, it was sad that I missed last time. week's episode because I wanted to talk about the Chris Rock special that came out. Did you guys touch on that? Um, I think we did. did. We I feel like we had to. We have, talked yeah. about the whole situation. I don't think we yeah. talked about the special itself. I don't. It's funny that we don't remember a week later what we talked about. But yeah, I know. I think we touched on it. Um, and go back. We just uh, last week's episode was everybody hates Chris. Joe hated him so much that he refused to do the episode. <laughs> so um, no, I love Chris. Yeah, no, I hate Will Smith now, yeah. though. But yeah, that um that concludes this episode here with Blossom. And I don't know, do you guys have anything else you wanted to touch on, or did we cover it? I just want to say one thing. I'm surprised it didn't come up, but for two cast members of a Goofy movie in this, Joey Lawrence and Six are both in a Goofy movie. Was she Roxanne? I forget, but they're both main characters in it. I believe... I'd have to look it up again. I can't remember. Six was either um, her or her best friend. Oh, Brace's girl, whose name escapes me right now. Yeah, now I feel like we have to look it up. Yeah. So hold on. Let's get What's into it. Six is real name. It's actually five, which is weird. Genevon <laughs> Oy is her real name. Joey Genevon Lawrence was Oy. Chad. And Genevon Oy plays Stacy. It's weird, Ferg. I thought you were a fan. I am a fan. Stacy's the yeah, Ferg. girl. I was right. <laughs> Who plays Stacy's mom? She's got it going she's on. She's got it going on. What were you going to say, Gordo? So I don't know if it was me. It very well could be me. Um, but if Most you guys likely. watch the credits, Right. And and it's going through each credit. Watch where it says music by because there is a big blank space. And then it goes to the rest of the credits. It struck me as really, really odd and because that's I was because it used to say Bobby Brown in giant letters, but then they edited them out. So they no, they but it, that's exactly what it looks like. It literally because it's a little thing at the top that says music by and then it just looks like there's like a blank area like it they says nothing they might have had to change it because of that because the music got swapped for the intro so maybe that was part of it yeah i'll i'll find a screenshot and i'll send it to you guys maybe we'll put it yeah, on i didn't, I didn't catch it something. at the time yeah, but how could they not credit them when they still used it for the transitions and the outro that's true too maybe got sued it was part of it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They still use it. That's all I got. Though. They use the hook of the song. Like everybody hears that. You know the song right away. But yeah, I mean, at this point, I think we have talked about this for quite a bit. So I think we should get into the Green Lantern cancel. Nick, I'm going to start with you. The show is funny. Um, but the few points of humor in this show were like the only redeeming qualities of it. It had no idea what it wanted to be. I was constantly lost in what they wanted me to feel during this show. And I didn't like the way it was written. We've talked about this many a times before. Ferg talked about it on this episode. It's very obviously adults writing for children who don't know children, right? Like it's just an unbelievable dialogue for children of this age. And I understand that you kind of have to do that, but there's a, a, a gray area that I think it works better in. And that, and this show is not in that gray area. This is also going up against some like pretty heavy hitters. Like we're, we're breaking out of the eighties into the nineties and there was a bunch of shows. This show went, what'd you say? Five seasons, Jay? Yeah. Five. So you think like five seasons, Oh, you must be, you know, pretty good. I think the bar was just lower then because when you consider some of the other shows of this time period, you have like, you know, the Cheerses, the Seinfelds, the Married with Children, Roseanne, um, Growing Pains. Like, those were all, like, 
eight, nine, ten, eleven series uh, season shows, and so I think to go only five is actually kind of a failure. And I, I just, I know the show changes a lot, but I really did not like this episode. It just was totally off the handlebars, and I, I just didn't understand what they wanted out of the viewer watching it and i'm gonna cancel it i just did not really enjoy it i didn't want to see more so it's a cancel for me just to uh before we go on i did want to mention nick because you mentioned it it was five seasons 114 episodes though so that's pretty big when you cross that 100 episode mark that's true yeah yeah and because you back mentioned then we're doing per season yeah i want to mention with seinfeld uh both shows because they both ran on nbc there were references to seinfeld on blossom and seinfeld had some blossom references in it too that's interesting but uh, to continue on, Ferg. Yeah, this show's a fucking mess, dude. Um, I feel like it was a lot of talented people that were funny and good actors, but they had no direction. They show didn't know what it wanted to be, and they threw too much at you at once where it just was puzzling to me. Um, I think any one of these topics would have worked if it was the sole plot of an episode, but they decided to throw it all at you. And for that, I got to cancel it because... It's just tonally messed up, and I don't think this could have worked if it stayed like this. So I'm glad they write it like they righted the ship, but we are only looking at pilots, so cancel for me. Joe. I mean, just piggybacking on everything you guys said, right? Talented people, funny, just doesn't know where it's going or what it wants to do. I mean, I think my theory I came to halfway through this that it's, the writer trying to put his failed script of his weird on the road movie, uh, you know, into this, just, I just don't think that works. I liked Blossom a lot as a kid. I don't think I would dislike other episodes of Blossom and I wouldn't stop myself from watching another one, but going strictly on a pilot, this is not good. This is just all over the map. The things I find the most egregious too, are like the jokes with no setup. And for no reason like that always kills me where it's like you felt so not confident in what was going on in the scene. You had to put in a joke with no setup for no reason, just in hopes to get a laugh. That's never a good sign. Uh, pro Blossom, but not pro this pilot. So this is a rare Joe cancel. And uh, Gordo, this is your pick. So uh, how about you? Uh, wasn't my pick. Um I don't think that I have anything else to add that everybody else already said. This episode slammed multiple season storylines and story arcs into one episode. I don't need to see anything else because I know how it all ends. So it's a cancel from me. All over the place. Didn't like it. Not a sitcom. Cancel. For a second, I thought Gordo was going to stop at... It's, it's, it's still a sitcom. It's still a sitcom, by the way. But I thought for a second, Gordo, you're going to stop and be like, I don't have to say anything anybody else didn't have to say. And not even say green light or cancel. I'd just be like, yeah. I'm fucking done. I'm out. Um, Yeah, so I'm with you guys. Um, I'm also going to cancel this one. And again, there was a lot of good pieces here, right? I actually really like the character of Blossom. And I think there's a lot of like components here that would work. I think they threw way too much heavy in for no reason in episode one. Knowing how many changes happened between the pilot and the first actual episode makes me super curious to want to watch it, but not in a way that I watched episode one and I'm curious to see where it continues. So I think I am going to watch the next episode because I just really want to see 
how much adjusting they did and how much it changed the show. But as far as this episode alone goes, I think there's a reason they did all those changes. And they just realized that the framework was there, but this isn't it. So I'm going to cancel with you guys. And that's pretty rare. Zero out of fives. I don't, we don't have a ton of them. It's rare to get a five timers club yeah. for a pass, but it's real rare to get a five timers club for a, a cancel. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm a little surprised. that shit calm. Because this, this was a pretty big show uh, in its day. It really was. And it just, I don't know. They didn't have it. So sorry, Blossom. Um, no offense. You guys went on to have a good run. And, and I think you guys realized it yourselves. You guys did a ton of edits and changed the show around before you moved forward after this. So zero out of five again. Sorry to Blossom. You do not live on to see another day. And that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to all our social medias, everywhere where you can listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We don't know the best way to advertise. So, you know, if we catch a couple of you guys here and there through different avenues, that's awesome. And we are super appreciative to see um, all the growth and all of you guys who have gotten into us over the last couple of years. But tell your friends. If you think we're a good show, let them know and uh, have them join the family. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Um, that's all the time we have for this week, guys. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Goodbye. I think we got the best poor old man stolen TV set. Ha, ha, ha.